Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppard. Hello, glad you could join us again today. We are going to move into another principle, uh, what I call Ecclesia Principle. These are principles from the Word of God that we can take and apply to governmental processes and function. Now, today, it's more about the process, if you would. And in this, as we've often said, two plus two is four, regardless of what you're counting. And so often people just look at the Word of God and don't apply it to government. That's not what our founding fathers did. They actually studied the Word of God to see what it said about government and how it would apply to government. Now, in this, our text today is going to be from Luke chapter 7, verse 35. The principle that we're going to talk about today, we'll call it results-based reality. Results-based reality. Now, there's a lot of different ways we could end up saying that, and we will probably reword it uh, during the course of this study. But the bottom line is that, and especially you, you'll see what I'm talking about here as we go into it, but so much of our culture today is functioning off of theories. Let's do this. It ought to be this way. It ought to be that way. Well, but there's just one little question. Does it work that way? Will it work that way? Not just, well, I would like it to be that way. So much of our culture today is on a theory of how people think it should be, how it wants to be, how they would want it to be, but does it work that way? We actually have to deal with reality, and our reality <laughs> needs to be based on results. Uh, how do things actually work? Because again, when you're talking about governmental application, you're not talking about two individuals working things out. You're talking about things on a societal level. That becomes a whole different dynamic. You've got one thing happening over here, you've got another thing happening over here, you've got an entirely different situation happening over there. And when it comes to this, it, uh, the, the best way to solve those issues is to boil it down to its simplest common denominator. Uh, but so much of our culture today, again, is trying to hit each one of them individually, and that's why we have laws that have more than 3,000 pages. Number one, nobody can know all that's in it. Nobody. The people passing it don't even know what's in it. So how can anybody keep it? Which is another reason that things, uh, it's keeping the lawyers busy uh, because you got to pay them to figure it out and everything. And so the further we're going with our current process of how to deal with reality is creating all kinds of problems. It's just getting more convoluted. It's getting more and more of a mess. We need to go to a results-based reality. Does it work? 
Does it work? Is that the way it actually works? Now, our text, Luke 7.35, says this. It says, but wisdom is justified by all of her children. Wisdom is justified by all of her children. In other words, what Jesus is saying, because in this, if you go up to verse 33, he says, John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. Son of man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. In other words, Jesus was saying, God has reached out to you this way, and he's reached out to you that way. Now, the problem isn't how Jesus was. The problem isn't how John the Baptist was. They were the problem. They were the problem because they just resisted everything. They didn't respond to any approach that God took toward them. And he says, wisdom is justified by all of her children. Now, in this, when we're talking about this, you see, you have to understand that really since the 60s, and we could actually go, go further than that. I'm just wanting to fix something right here real quick. Um, but since the 60s, really, we have been in a, um, a social engineering phase. Now, this puts us at 60 years that we have, over 60 years, that we have been in a social engineering. Uh, those who think they know better than everyone else have been trying to shift and change our culture, our nation, a little bit at a time ever since the 60s. And they have really ramped it up in the last few years. But it's all about changing the values of America. It's all about, uh, let, let's just take um, the, the concept that, well, boys play with guns and girls play with dolls really goes again back to the 60s. That, well, the boys do that because that's what they're given. The girls do that because that's what they're given. If they were not given that, they would develop differently. And so since then, they have been trying to create a culture that allows that difference. You know, which I'll just throw this out, because uh, most of those people believe in evolution. Uh, they don't really believe that God created the world. They believe in evolution. Well, if you would, let, let's just assume for a moment that their approach is correct, even though it's not. But if in this natural world with evolution, it developed this way, then there was no one coaching it. There was no one trying to engineer it a certain way. It developed that way. So again, that would lead you to believe that's the natural development. What they're trying to do is create, create a development. And that's one reason where with the degree to which it is right now, you see back then it was about playing with guns and playing with dolls. Now it's, well, it doesn't matter what you are physically, you might be a girl 
You might be a boy. There's gender fluidity. Who knows what you might be? There's, there's this whole range. You create who you are. Don't, you don't go by anything you see. You don't go by, by your biology. How do you feel today? And, and the bottom line, that is the agenda of why they are pushing this whole gender identity issue because, again, it is, if you would, almost the capstone of their social engineering. He made them male and female. He made them man and woman. For this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife. He made woman. And you see, at that point, God set those two genders, if you would. Now, obviously, there's a range within each one of them. Every man's not the same. Every woman's not the same. There is a, a, a range of personalities, traits, talents, so forth and so on. God didn't design everybody to be the same. But a man's a man, a woman's a woman. And the capstone of this social engineering is to redefine what man is. God made humanity in his own image. And they are pushing to redefine the image of God. If you read Romans chapter 1, God talks about that, that they, they dealt with the image of God. They didn't want to worship the creator, but they worshiped the creation and changed the image of God into something that you could see and so forth and so on. A lot of applications there I'm not going to get into today. But again, Jesus' statement, but wisdom is justified by all of her children. You see, over the course of time, you see things that work, you see things that don't. Right now, we are in a culture that is trying to force the answers that they want. You see, one of the things, if you lie over the course of time, if you lie, then people do not trust you. That has been something throughout the history of humanity. That's been the way it worked. They are now trying to even redefine that. Well, you have to understand this and just... And it really doesn't matter that they lied. It just, there was this motive. There was this thing. This is why they did that. And so trying to redefine everything that God made. Well, the bottom line of that is that over the course of time, that human effort is going to fail. It's going to fail. And, and you're even now in certain circles starting to see pushback on some of those things. I'm not talking about people that were pushing back from the very beginning. I'm talking about people that bought into the lie and they're beginning to realize it don't work that way. There, there was a, I read an article about a gentleman that in his, uh, I believe it was his 20s, he actually had a sex change operation, became a woman. And today, he lives life as a man. He went back, if you would, to what he originally was. And in that article, he talked about how that he made these changes thinking that the changes would make him happy. 
But in the end, what it came down to is he had to be happy with himself and the current culture, and again, they've been working on it since the 60s, is saying, no, you, you, you create your own. But there are people that have went down that path that are beginning to realize, no, you really can't. You really can't do that. The way God established things, you have to work within that. You will not be happy. If, if you're born a man, you won't be happy trying to be a woman. If you're born a woman, you won't be happy trying to be a man. That, that does not, um, it doesn't work that way. A results-based reality. Now, obviously, one of the things we have to understand is no two men are going to be exactly like. No two women are going to be exactly like. But we've got to begin to look at who did God make me to be and then begin to work from there. We have to start with the reality. Dealing with gender, it's a reality. And, and I know there are some physical exceptions to this, but uh, DNA-wise, there's still typically only two genders. There's a dominance in there. But I'm wanting to deal with the two basics right now. At that point, you have to accept who God's made you to be. You have to be able to accept that and be able to move forward with it. And until you do that, you won't be happy. You have to function off of a reality. Wisdom is justified by our children. If you try to change reality, then you're going to be facing a very difficult road and it will not produce peace and joy. God created the world, and he did it right. God bless you. See you tomorrow.